Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeshow.com and, of course, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Duke Show. Hi. How are you? It's Monday. Are you ready to uh, are you ready to dive into it? You're ready to hear all the good news and the and uh, you know what what I could do here. It's so much crazy stuff happening this morning. I don't even know I don't even know what to say other than it's a uh, it's about to get uh, it's about to get crazy out there. Oh baby, uh, we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, today is uh, open line, open form, and so we're going to be taking calls throughout the show this morning uh, to talk about things that uh, you care about, and to do that and to facilitate that, we're going to open up the Pivotel call-in lines right now at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150, uh, powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. If you want to go check that out, uh, feel free to give us a ring. And you can set the discussion this morning to uh, t- to go over whatever it is that you want to go over uh, and talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Uh, there's plenty of stuff in the news. Now, again, uh, hitting the, uh, the headlines this morning and hitting them hard is this fully bizarre event that's going on with our special election to fill the U.S. House seat. Uh, vacated by the late Don Young, and uh, j- just it's just it's safe to say you will. Pr- well, I mean, I I hate to I don't even. This is the weirdest thing that's happened in our lifetime politically. I mean, here in the state of Alaska, fifty-one candidates signed up for the office. At the last minute. I mean, what was it? It was like nineteen eighteen or something on Thursday. Next thing you know, boom. Boom. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's some crazy, crazy stuff. Now, one candidate has already uh, bowed out, and that is Jesse Sumner, uh, whose brother Max is also a candidate. Uh, so Jesse pulled out, and apparently, according to the ADN uh, via email, he said it was just an April Fool's joke because April 1st was the filing deadline. And, of course, you know, $100, you know, what can you do? Um, but that leaves 50 candidates to vie for this seat. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, I mean, it is, wow. Just, just, just wow. Now, this is the jungle primary. So this is the first time this, uh, this, this time that uh, you know it's it's the first time you're going to have 50 candidates on a single ballot uh, running for this, and of course the top four vote getters will then move on to the 
uh, special general election, which will be taking place at exactly the same time as the regular jungle primary. It's confusing, I know, but uh, just bear with me here. Uh, I find it mostly ironic and a little terrifying that people will be voting not only for the candidate who will fill out Don Young's seat, but at the same moment, they will also be voting on the primary for who is going to take over that seat after January. And uh, there is a lot. I mean, this could be just shades of things to come. Is this all part and parcel of a strategy for ranked choice voting? Um, or is this more of just the, is this, you know, kind of just what the jungle primary will bring in, uh, <clears throat> you know, in general, uh, it is, uh, yeah, man, so many, so many things going on. So we're going to go into that. We're also going to talk a little bit about, um, the defined benefits program and how there is a concerted push to get that back into the mix, even though obviously it was one of our greatest financial, um, I guess blunders could be the word that would be used. I mean, it is like this sort of Damocles holding, a, you know, hanging over our necks for so long, and we think that we fixed it. But uh, there are many special interest groups out there that they just want that to keep going. They want that, and they want it in a big way. So we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, we could talk about the races here in the South Central area down in Anchorage, uh, how those races are getting more and more organized, and they're starting to look more and more like, well, how important that they really are. Maybe their importance is finally being understood. Um, because as we've talked about in this program for many a time, the fact that we continue to seem to ignore what's happening in our own backyard and be you know, just so sucked into geopolitics and national politics – Things that we can have no real control or effect on, uh, people are starting, I think, to finally understand that it is at the local level. This is something that the left has understood for a long time and has been very good at working the problem on. Um, and uh, they have done a they've done a bang up job on. It. I mean, more hats off to them for that. Uh, but now it seems like more and more people are starting to understand that those are the races that, in the long run, really count as far as how you're affected and everything else. So we're going to be um we're going to be talking about that. I will say that this uh this this uh, special election race has got a little a lot of the uh, political uh, talking heads just scratching their I mean I mean I don't even know what to say about it. Not that I'm a <clears throat> not that I'm a vaunted political talking head, but a lot of the people who, you know, the news media go to at every moment to kind of analyze this stuff, they're all like, man, I don't know what to say, man. It's kind of crazy around here. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's kind of refreshing to see uh, what's going on. Uh, but we're going to be discussing that uh, further this morning and going through all that, as well as the effects of, um, well, not just weather, but uh, Alaska Airlines is having some issues as well. With their own uh, with their own employees, they've been focusing so much on being woke. Apparently, they forgot to finalize their contracts with their pilots. The pilots have been working without a new contract for the last three years, and they finally apparently had enough. And there's been some pickets and some things like that. Um, they've been uh, they've been doing some. I don't know if they're doing soft walkouts or whatever's going on, but it is affecting them. <clears throat> Thirty seven thousand customers, in fact. 
were affected by uh, weekend flight cancellations that began on Friday. A lot of them were from weather down in Florida, but um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking that uh, thinking that they may have some more issues on their hands. Thirty five hundred flights across the U.S. were canceled and delayed uh, due to that uh, Florida weather situation. But I think that Alaska has got some deeper issues uh, with which they need to uh, they need to address. They need to talk about as well. So uh, we, there's lots of stuff to talk about today. Lots of stuff to talk about today. So I think we'll get into that. Uh, but first, since we uh, since I open up the phone lines and we've got phone lines uh, open and rocking and rolling, why don't we why don't we start there? Oh, I also wanted to talk about if we have time the charter of changes today and how we should be applying that not just to the legislature, which is where we continue to seem to talk about it, but also to the lower levels of uh, the lower political subdivisions of the state, as we like to say. So that would be Muni and borough and city and school board, et cetera. Right? So we're going to talk about that as well. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's jump over to the phones and see what's going on with you. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Jeremy and Kasilov. Good morning, Jeremy. Am I on the, am I on the Pivotel satellite? You are on the pivot tail call in lines, my friend. What's what's going on? So we're talking over satellite? No, we're not talking. Right? We're talking over regular phone lines. It's just sponsored by Pivotel. What's on your mind, Jeremy? Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I'm I'm trying to figure out what this uh Zelensky dude is up to. In um, Ukraine, because I listened to 18 minutes to him earlier this morning, and he didn't sound like he knows what he's talking about. Okay. I mean, what specifically made you feel that way? Well, he's just rambling on about the... The Russians this, the Russians that, you know. Well, they're they're kind he of. He doesn't even really make any sense. Well, it's kind of like uh, that's probably his whole world right now, since his country's been invaded and attacked by Russia. I would assume that that his whole speech would be about the Russians this and the Russians that. It's not that surprising to me. Well, isn't he a dictator too? I mean, no. Like as an Alaskan, as an Alaskan Chichaco, um, I like to get get along with my Russian neighbors. Okay. I don't want to fight with them. Well, I don't think he wants to fight with them either. Uh, he's not a dictator, but I don't think he wants to fight with them uh, either. But uh, you know, I think that uh, he's fighting. He's fighting for his country. He's doing what he needs to do. Uh, I have not seen the text of his speech to the Grammys, but I understand that it was a surprise and long and heartfelt. Um, and again, uh, not surprising that he called on Russia many times in that speech since they're the ones that are occupying his home country. Uh, Jeremy, thank you. I have to go. I've got one more call here before we go to uh, break. So let's, oops, 
except I accidentally just killed the call. Oh, delay, delay, delay. All right, well, that's fine. That takes us right up to the break. Um, and so, caller, I apologize if you were listening. Uh, I apologize. Call back. Um, I accidentally just killed your call. So feel free to dial us in this morning at 907-433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line, and we will continue in just a moment. It is the Michael Duke Show. We're going to get into the uh, we're going to get into the 50 separate candidates here in a moment, and we'll be talking about this. Don't go anywhere. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It's what we do every morning, right here. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking stuff. Here we go. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, hold on a second. Um uh, he he. And, uh, there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I can't talk and type at the same time. I've discovered. Um. Okay. All right. Uh, there we go. Let's see what's going on. Uh, jumping, jumping back into the chat room. Thank you, uh, Cold Steel. Just dropped me, um, uh, dropped me a line. Said that apparently there's um, one of the stations down in the peninsula. It's got dead air. It's not carrying me. My connection is fine. I could see that my connection works from where I'm at, but I don't know what exactly is going on. So I just sent a text to find out what's happening. Okay. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Um, House Democrats move to muzzle Republicans, Eastman article. I haven't seen that yet, Rick. Can you drop me a link? I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of 13 things here, but could you drop me a link? I'll see if I can find it on my own. But if you've got it, uh, if you've got it in there, I'd love to. Uh, uh, I'd love to not have to do the searching, uh, Rep. Uh, David Eastman. Okay, all right. We'll see if we can find it here. But feel free to. Uh, Feel feel free to uh, drop me. Uh, House Democrats move to muzzle Republicans. Okay, I found it. Never mind. De- just never mind. I did it. I did it for myself. All right. I don't know if I have a chance to read it, but we'll uh, see what we can come up with. Um, all right. Let me go backwards here. Is the Grinch running as well as Santa Claus? Says David. <laughs> well, I don't know. Could you, Chris Constant? I I'm just not sure. Uh, good morning from Kodiak. Says Paul. Stute still sucks. Okay. I'm I'm down with that. Uh, no Facebook notice this morning, says Deshana. Uh, did I get a Facebook notification? I don't know. I turned off a bunch of notifications. You know, that was my notifications on my phone were getting so insane that I literally, at one point, I just, so this weekend, I turned the notifications off on my phone for like 90% of the stuff. And you know what? It's a lot nicer. It's a lot nicer now that I don't have 4,300 no, I got I got the notification 17 minutes ago. 
Um, it's a lot nicer now that I don't have, uh, you know, four million. It was just, it got, it was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. Representative Kevin J. McCabe says, while it is the jungle primary, it's the thought of ranked choice voting that is driving the bus. Well, as like I said, could it be a like a could there be like a scenario where all fifty where this actually helps? I I don't know. Jesse Sumner just wanted to say that everyone and his brother had applied. <laughs> you're not you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Sean says ranked choice is a smokescreen to flood legislative seats with the unintended. Uh yeah, I mean, I guess I just you know, some of these people are just running because they maybe it's a protest run. I don't know. Politicos mathematically noodling with intermittent banging on the head of uh, uh, banging of head on the wall, says Gail. I think that's what you're seeing right now more than anything else. I mean, crazy the the number of candidates. People are just like, I don't know what to say. I and that's exactly it. Sarah Palin, of course, jumping in there, uh, which I hadn't heard of before, uh, or which I hadn't expected. We had heard of it. But I expected that it was just talk. Um, that's that's the big thing. I expected that it was just more talk. Um, we'll have to see. All right, let's go over here to the phone since we got one caller on hold and we're about 60 seconds out. We'll get the caller's name and where they're calling from. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Morning, Mike. This is Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Would you hold the line for me, sir? I'll be right back to you uh, in just a hot second. You'll be first up in the queue, okay? Sure. Hold the line. We'll be right back to you. So Andrew is on the line in Fairbanks. Hopefully Andrew was not the – Andrew, were you the one that I hung up on earlier? Yes, it was. Okay, good. All right, good. I mean, not good that I hung up on you, but good that you called back. Thank you. Sorry about that. Got a little too quick on the clicky finger there. The clicky finger. Um, 11 a.m. Monday morning, 35 house. 90 90. It's been two weeks. You may be wondering why 40 house. I'm reading the article here. Um. Democrats moved to the mask mandate on Monday. Of course, it was. Take the question. Whoa. All right. Um, I'm not going to be able to get through it in the next five seconds. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, fine. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in. It is uh, the Michael Duke Show. It's Monday. And uh, we're about to jump into all the good stuff here. Uh, My previous caller, who I had so rudely hung up on, uh, decided to call back, and that was kind of him. Andrew is in Fairbanks, and he wants to sound off this morning. Andrew, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, morning, Michael. I was just curious. It, it should be Alaska news. It was definitely seen in Alaska, whether this, uh, I don't want to use UFO to turn people off, but, um, you know, they saw it in Canada, but there was this mini moon or this super large star that took about five minutes from horizon to horizon, um, in the middle of the night, um, trans or, uh, going across the the solar system or the sky or whatever. And I was wondering if you've heard of that. 
about no. a week ago. Uh, I heard something about it vaguely, uh, but I did not hear the full you know portent of it. Alaska is kind of um, well. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of ground zero for a lot of these weird light sightings and everything else. I mean, in fact, I I mean, I, I hate to say it, but even, well, I don't hate to say it, but even my grandfather. I remember my mom telling me my grandfather one time saw lights in the sky outside of Fairbanks uh, one late summer evening, and he was like, "What is that? Like five lights pirouetting around the you know pirouetting around the horizon." Alaska's kind of uh, ground zero for a lot of that stuff, so it would not surprise me, I guess I would say, Andrew, to say there were some weird lights in the sky. What are they? I don't know. Foo Fighters? Uh, you know, alien craft? Uh, uh, some kind of experimental aircraft? Who knows? Uh, but I did hear that there was some kind of light activity in the sky uh, about a week ago. I did hear something about it. Do you think that we'll find out what it is? I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of times... We don't hear what it is. Somebody in the chat room just said it looked like a missile going through the atmosphere like the Russian missile launch of October 2017. Some people have got it on video, but I'll have to go out and actually, I haven't looked at it myself, but it was seen from, apparently apparently it was seen from uh, Fairbanks all the way out to Nome. Yes, it it was a very, I've seen two videos now, and um, it, it definitely got some physicists and some uh, electronics nerds uh, excited. That's all they can talk about. <laughs> well, I have seen my, you know, I would be the one, my, you know, my wife would be the first one to point out that I'm a, that I'm a freak, that I love occasionally to turn on ancient aliens or something and watch that stuff just because it's so intriguing, some of the questions. But we've seen a lot of that over the last few years of, of physical uh, lights or physical vehicles or lights that basically defy the laws, the currently known laws of physics. Um, there is some interesting stuff out there, and uh, definitely things that we can't explain, which uh, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, I'll, I'll uh, see if I can dig into that a little bit, uh, uh, Andrew, and and let me see if I can maybe I could find an Alaskan UFO expert to talk. It would be fun to talk about at least. Uh, it'd get us away from politics for I'm five really minutes anyway. Thank you, Sir Dukes. I got to get going. Thank you, Andrew, for calling in. Always uh, fun to take a little bit of a detour on the uh, on the road of uh, of political discussion. Thank you so much uh, for that. Um, all right, uh, let's uh, since we don't have any more phone calls, let me dive down into this story on the uh, special primary election for the U.S. House seat. I mean, like I said on Thursday. There was like 19 candidates who had already signed up. Now, there are 50 candidates who have signed up for the uh, U.S. Uh, House elections. Um, the, I mean, there are some crazy things happening here. Now, initially, there was 51, um, but Jesse Sumner later said he was withdrawing, bringing the list back down to 50. Uh, the candidates, of course, include all the relevant players that we talked about last week, with a few additions, including uh, Democratic State Representative Adam Wool. He's filing. Um, he's filed as well. Santa Claus, a self-described Democratic Socialist who currently sits on the City Council of the City of North Pole, a Democratic Socialist. Yeah, I mean, come on. And probably one of the most surprising is uh, Sarah Palin, who I had opined on this program 
just a week ago that I thought that this was more kind of just political headline grabbing more than anything else. I did not expect her to actually run. I didn't think that she would actually be doing that. Uh, according to Max Sumner, who was in the office, uh, he he also filed. That's Jesse Sumner's uh, brother. Um, he was registering for the race when Sarah Palin was there in the office. He said the state election officials were shocked to see the filing from Palin. Uh, one of them said, I didn't expect that in a million years, he said in a phone interview. And I was like, why not, Sarah Palin? Of course she's going to run for office again. So we've got uh, Sarah Palin, who's squaring off, by the way, against Andrew Halcrow. He was one that was defeated by Sarah Palin in 2006 in the race for governor. His comment was, glad we're getting the band back together. <laughs> Pretty fun. We talked about Emil Nadi, who uh, ran against Don Young back in 1973 for that special election. He's uh, in the race as well. Um, and, of course, uh, we have uh, both uh, Josh Revac, Senator Josh Revac, and uh, Native leader Tara Sweeney, who was an uh, Interior Department um, employee during the Trump administration. She's, uh, she's out there working hard on that end. Uh, Santa Claus, as we talked about as well, he believes that uh, – he. here's what killed me. He said he also said he would not hire any staff or accept campaign donations. His website states, Santa believes all members of Congress must find common ground, work together to represent their diverse constituencies, and move our nations forward in a productive manner that ensures happiness, peace, good health, and prosperity for everyone living in the United States. So good for him. Uh, he also said he may dress up as wear his Santa suit to the, I mean, okay. I mean, everybody loves to laugh at Alaska, right? Of course, you got Nick Baggage in the race and some regular people. The ADN quotes John Callahan as one of the uh, people who filed. He's an inspector general for the Alaska Air National Guard. He said, my greatest qualification is that I'm a fully functional adult. We've been sending weirdos to D.C. for 50 years, and I feel like it's just time we sent a normal person. He may get my vote just on that comment alone. I mean, just on that that comment alone is is all said and done. Of course, Chris Constant, uh, former Democratic State Representative Mary Sattler Peltola, uh, John Coghill is there, Al Gross. These are all that this is like the wild, wild west. Now, the question is, what does it mean when you've got 50 candidates and somebody just did the math, apparently, Deshina in the chat room just said 16 Republicans what do you think about the insane vote splitting dynamics? And that's the question. I mean, it is. I mean, does six does sixteen Republican candidates split it that far away? I'm looking at the full list of candidates, and there's nonpartisan, undeclared, undeclared, Republican, Republican, Libertarian, nonpartisan, undeclared, Democrat, nonpartisan. There is a lot more. Well, and here's the thing that kills me. Um, the you know when somebody says nonpartisan or independent, do they really mean Democrat or Republican? Right, because there's a lot of uh, undeclareds and the nonpartisan, like Al Gross as a nonpartisan. <laughs> okay, Andrew Halcrow as a nonpartisan. Uh, he's more moderate. I don't know. Is he Republican or Democrat? He ran as a Republican in the 2006 race, but his politics are really more towards that middle left kind of thing. But, you know, who knows? So you got a lot of D's and a lot of R's and then a lot of unknowns. And there are one, uh, two, three. 
three libertarians that I see so far. Is that is that right? One, two, three. Oh, and an AIP, John Wayne Howe, is the Alaska Independence Party. Uh, okay. So, I mean, it's a pretty amazing field overall. But uh, what does it mean when it comes down to the uh, when it comes down to the to the splitting of the hairs at the end of the ballot? Uh, I saw a headline on ADN that basically said that the voting uh, was it on ADN? Maybe it was on Must Read. I'm just looking for the headline just so I can read you the headline. Basically, it said that the uh, betting markets put Palin on top with baggage as second. That's what the uh, that's what the uh, the betting markets. This Suzanne Downing had this out the yesterday morning. The betting markets putting Sarah, Sarah Palin on top with Nick Baggage in the second position, Al Gross in the third, and Tara Sweeney in the fourth. So I don't know. And then there's the question about Josh Rivak and Adam Wool. Can they run for both offices at the same time? Because if they win in the spe- – because remember, the special general is taking place at the same time as the regular primary. Uh, I guess there needs to be some clarifications. Oh, and the most interesting thing that I read on this whole article – was the fact that uh, two of the um, two of the candidates don't even live in Alaska? They live in California. Um, uh, California. Two men from California and one from Montana are among the candidates. The Constitution, which sets the requirements for being a House member requires that elected members of the House live in the state they represent, but it does not require candidates to do so. So does that mean that they have to move to Alaska if they become a candidate? I mean, I don't even know. It's the wild, wild west is what it is. That is 100% sure right there. All right, uh, let's go over to the phones. We'll take some more calls before I get you into the big list of uh, stuff that's coming down. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. This is Dan in Fairbanks. Hello, Dan. What's on your mind? Well, Mike, I want to talk about the permanent fund and and what the state of Alaska does with a permanent fund. Yeah, I'd like to see you have a whole show on it sometime. I, our our permanent fund is pretty much invested in Wall Street, and maybe I'm a prude, Mike, but I just see I don't see any morality there. Um. And I'd like to bring the, I'd like to see some honest, open discussion about bringing it back, bringing that money back to Alaska. And 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 you know there are some reasons not to bring it back. Right. Um, I don't see it as a fair level playing field. I I see it as a bunch of fat cats who manipulate the system just to make more profit. Nothing wrong with profit. Profit's good. And I'd like to see you have a whole show about that. I'd like to see some really good, open, honest discussion about right. that. Well, Dan, let me first say this. The permanent fund is not mostly invested in the stock market. The The majority of the permanent fund invested, uh, investments are actually in real estate. Um, there is a portion of the fund that's invested in the markets, for sure. And that's why you've seen some of the great returns and you know things like that. But a big chunk of it is actually uh, invested in real estate across the country and things like that. Um, th- in fact, that is the lion's share of the of the permanent fund. Um, the second point, I mean, we would all love to see those monies 
be invested in Alaska in some way. The problem is, is that what we asked them for was to generate the maximum return for the permanent fund. And Alaska does not do that. Secondly, we've talked about it here on the program with Brad Keithley, there are inherent dangers of having them invest in the state of Alaska, especially if it politicizes the process. And now you've got government choosing winners and losers on investment projects and things like that. So it is troubling. I mean, granted, I would like to see more of those monies in Alaska, but the problem is, is it then becomes you know inherently political in nature. And that's a big problem. But again, the majority of the permanent fund is not invested in um, is not invested in the stock market to go up and down. It's more invested in shopping malls and retirement homes and uh, you know big areas of big big chunks of real estate and things like that. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, I, I learned something today. Um, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to give you my thoughts on it, and and I think we agree that we wish there was somewhere we could bring that home. Yeah. No. Um, I, bring that money home. Thank. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say thank you for bringing it up. I think it's a good point. Most people don't understand the makeup of the permanent fund and how it is run and and how it is, uh, you know, how it is invested. Um, and and I think a lot of people just think that it's running the stock market, riding the stock market as it is. And I I agree with you. Uh, if that was the case, I think it would be a lot more um, volatile than it is right now. So I agree with you. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Um, let's go back over here. We got two more calls on hold. We'll start one more here before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Hey, Jeff. Um, boy, what a mess, huh? Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, it's amazing to see people coming from out of state that don't have to live here right now to run. Because, you know, you can't even dip net your first year here when you're here. And they really ought to be an Alaskan citizen before they run for the Senate. Mm, you think so? Yeah. Or anything. And if you want to bring in outside influence and outside money, that's a darn good start there. So, you know, for me, this whole thing of all these hidden Democrats and hidden Republicans and you don't know who they are or whether they're woke or, you know, they've just, this is what it's all about. We watched it in Maine. We just watched everything go down the tubes. You know, we had rainy day funds and, and everything was good in Maine. It was like having Trump in office and then putting Biden back in, you know, or in, period. So my vote will go absolutely for Sarah Palin because I know who she is. I lived right up there in Big Lake, great, great handy to her. And she, you know, you don't have to guess whether she's a Republican or a Democrat or woke or anything like that. So right. My vote will go with that. And hopefully we get rid of Mikowski. And I got some resources back in Maine I've been working on. And I hope we get rid of Collins. We need to get rid of her, too. She's a rich lady. They own lumber up there and lumber mills and lumber yards, her whole family. So, you know, she votes this Democrat thing. Uh, she's just a hiding Democrat, has been from the get-go, as, as we knew. But, uh, you know, if we could get rid of people like that and kind of take the Senate and the legislature back over this this fall and maybe straighten some of this stuff up and slow the people down at the White House yeah. a little bit, that would be really really good so yeah well that's i mean what we need to concentrate on and i just want to say to everybody if you want somebody in that office that's going to work for alaska sarah palin is definitely going to work for alaska so all right well thank you for your thoughts jeff i appreciate it uh definitely you've got your choice you've got your pick of the litter man you could 
You could choose a bunch of different candidates right now. Sarah Palin being just uh, Sarah Palin parent. Wow. Sarah Palin being just one of them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. 16 Republicans in that race of 50. I'm going to go through the whole list in a minute, but I got another phone call we're going to get to here in just a second. Phone lines are open right now. The Pivotel call in line 907-433-3150. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense. Liberty-based. Free thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. We're in the break right now. DeShaner says the amount of money that will be dumped into this race will likely be unreal, guessing historic. And I would not disagree with that, uh, DeShana. I think you are 100% correct. I think it will be woof. I think there will be a ton of money dumped into this race for sure. Let's go over here and see who's on the line. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Ray from North Pole. Hello, Ray. Hold the line, my friend. I will be right back to you. You will be first up in the queue when we get back. Ray uh, from North Pole joining us right now. Uh, Kevin, tell Alaska legislators to protect your permanent fund. It's your dividend. How does the permanent fund work? Um, Why we should fight for the permanent fund dividend. There's a whole bunch of links and stuff like that. And there's links to call... Um, email the call or email your legislators. Truthmattersalaska.com. Truthmattersalaska.com. Thank you, Kevin, for dropping that link in the chat room. We appreciate that. Gail says, think for a moment of this trifecta, Palin, Chewbacca, and Grunewald. I mean, I would take those over most of the other choices out there, that's for sure. Um, President Trump endorsed Sarah yesterday. She's got the experience and name recognition and is a true conservative. Um, can I share just a little thought with you guys on that? I mean, I uh, an endorsement from President Trump to me is not personally is not a positive. Um, for many I know of you, it is, but for me, it's not a positive. I I just think that there's a lot of baggage going on there. Uh, but you know what? Good for her. Good for her that she's got it, and I hope that uh, uh, I hope that it makes a difference. I would take Palin or baggage or. Uh, Chris By, I mean, there's a handful of people that I would be very happy to see take that position in the short term and even more so in the long term. And so we'll see we'll we'll see what happens with that. But I uh, I'm I'm very, very uh, excited for some of these candidates. And overall, though, 50 candidates. I mean, I, people are going to get this and I don't even know what they're going to do. I mean, most of these names, by the way, which I'm going to get to here as soon as we're done with the race phone call. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know who any of these people are and I've had my ears to the ground for many years, uh, in Alaska politics. And I don't know, I don't recognize the vast majority of the, not that that's a bad thing. It could mean a, it could mean a good thing. Uh, it means that more people at least are getting involved. Uh, but it is, uh, I mean, it's just, it's crazy out there. Um, uh, are you thinking about having some con- candidates on the show? Yikes, you better start soon. Lots to enter. And that's the thing. I mean, how do you even enter? If I had one interview per day with a candidate, I barely would squeak through with enough uh, with enough days to uh, make it happen. 
But um, and we've already had um, we haven't had Nick Begich on, but we've had Chris By on. Uh, we have had um, um, Jesse Sumner on. We haven't had his brother. Well, Jesse's not there anymore, so Max Sumner. We've had Josh Revac on the program before. We've had Sarah Palin on the program before, not for this race, but we've we've interviewed her. There's a lot of people here to interview, man. A lot, a lot of people to interview for sure. Um, how conservative was a GIA? A G I A. Oh, that's the uh, Alaska gas. That's the tax. A GIA tax on uh, on gas. That's a good question. Um. I'm voting for Sarah Palin. Palini. Palini. <laughs> it was Sarah Palin. It's just a fat-fingered thing. I just was chuckling because it's Palini. Uh, Sarah Palini. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, yeah, invest the permanent fund in Alaska, the federally owned national park. Well, again, I think we go back to the fact that what returns the best investment? If Alaska's investments are not returning the highest amount, doesn't that make, doesn't that, uh, doesn't that make sense? What I like about Sarah Palin, says Chris, is that she drives Democrats and rhinos crazy. There is that. I mean, you just you could just see them frothing at the mouth anytime you mention Sarah Palin. That I mean, that is definitely a shiny bright spot in that whole situation. You definitely like to see that. When is Chris Constant going to be on the show? You know, I've actually interviewed Chris Constant several times, not lately. But he was a uh, he was a president of a community council, and when I first started broadcasting in Anchorage, um, I had him on the program as a uh, as a as a candidate or an interview. Excuse me, not as a candidate, but as an interviewee. Then, interesting cat. Let's just put it that way. Interesting guy. I don't think he's a fan. I, I don't think he's a fan of me. I don't. I don't really think that that's part of his deal. He didn't like some of the questions that I asked. I got the feeling. Um. But not that that necessarily matters since you're running for public office. You should be able to answer those questions. Well, we'll, uh, we'll do some searching and do some reaching out and see if we can find some of these people and get them on the, uh, uh, get the, get them on the air. Uh, need young blood, not old. Nick Begich would make sense to me, says Iono. All right. Um, we're going to uh, jump ahead here. We're ready to get back into it. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Share the show, like this video. Let's do it. Okay, you guys ready to continue? Let's uh, let's do this thing. I want to get down into the 50 candidates overall, but Ray is uh, on the line in North Pole, and he held on through the uh, commercial break, so we want to say thank you to him. Let's go over there first and see what he has to say. Ray, what's on your mind? Well, it sounds like every fruit cake in Alaska and out of state is climbing out of the can to get it to trough. And uh, as far as Sarah Palin goes, she cut and run on us once. She's going to do it again. 
and this Chichaco Charlie Pierce, who's anti-Alaskan, he doesn't. He's not going to fight for the permanent fund for the people. It's not a priority of his. He's against mining. Uh, telling uh, telling me last week that they can go somewhere else and go mining. Gold doesn't grow on trees, and when you got a, a big resource and a big deposit, it needs to be developed. They need to open up industry in their state. They need to open up the forestry down there and take it away from the be- uh, bark beetles and start developing that industry. They need to develop more uh, oil and gas. They need to develop more uh, mining. And uh, this Chichaco Charlie, who's on the far left, he just uh, doesn't get it. I'm. Uh, and, uh, I guess Adam I'm. Wall, I guess Adam I'm, Wall. I'd like to see him go south, but not to Washington. I'd like <laughs> to see him go all the way to L.A. and stay there. Well, let's go back to uh, let's go back first and foremost to Sarah Palin. You know that she quit us once. You know, I know a lot of people were upset with Sarah Palin when she pulled the plug um, as governor. But I, for one, watching what was happening to her, the fact that she was getting ethics complaints filed against her on a weekly basis. Uh, by a concerted group of uh, of uh, uh, you know, of liberals and progressives, Andy McDowell being one of the primary culprits in that, uh, and the fact that she was having to defend herself um, in court uh, multiple times. I mean, it was. I, I can understand why she did it. I do not blame her for pulling the plug on that thing, because there was nothing. I mean, she showed up at a Iron Dog rally wearing an Arctic cat jacket uh, that her husband had given her. And uh, she got an ethics complaint on her for illegally, what was it, not sponsoring, but endorsing uh, Arctic Cat. I mean, it was just, it was insane, Ray. I mean, it was insane the number of complaints that were being filed against her. And she was, it was, it was just, it was killing her. Financially, uh, at one point, I know that she had spent something over $50,000 defending herself as governor out of her personal pocket because at that point, the government, uh, governor was not being covered by the state. And, um, you know, I, I don't blame her for that. Um, quite honestly, it was becoming a distraction. And, uh, you know, I don't blame her for that. So that's first things first. On Charlie Pierce, I, you know, I like Charlie as a candidate. Now, I have not did not speak to him about mines specifically, but uh, he has been fighting for the peninsula to be open for business. And, and he has, he uh, every conversation that he and I have had, uh, he has had definite conservative um uh, definite conservative themes throughout all the things that he's talking about. So I don't know why you would think that he is, uh, you said, far left leaning. Um, I mean, what what was the discussion about uh, the the mines that you were talking about? He said the miners down there in southwestern Alaska can go somewhere else and mine. And it's over the fishing industry. I have a niece in the fishing industry in Anchorage and Kenai. And she started out when she was in her early 20s. She's done really well at it. And she damn sure doesn't endorse uh, Chichaco Charlie at all. Well, I mean, what was that? You said they they could go. Fish salmon uh, production or salmon eggs one bit. Okay. I guess my question was, what was the original question when he said those miners can go somewhere else? What was the what was the debate over? Whether was it fisheries versus mining? Was it somebody brought something specifically up? What what is? The, I, I guess I'm asking, what was the original question? My question to him was, 
about all the uh, patented mining claims in Alaska that the DNR is trying to claim is theirs, and it's not. And then he went into, because uh, the only only thing he knows about the mining industry is what's going on down there in Anchorage on the Pebble Mine, and he endorses those liberals that want to shut it down. And that's what liberals do. They you know, they're they're a bunch of criminals. They're insane. They come out of nowhere with all kinds of accusations that have nothing to do we, with what's really going on. Which liberals are you talking and, uh, about? Him endorsing which liberals? I guess because Pebble Mine is nothing to do with Anchorage. But I mean, I guess I'm asking which liberals was he endorsing? I, I want to hear what the whole was this at like a public forum or something? I'd like to get some more. I want to get some more background on it. Well, it was on your show last week. He didn't say. I mean, he never said that miners could go anywhere else. He was on. He was on the show a couple, three weeks ago. But I mean, that's exactly what he said. He said they can go somewhere else and mine. Alaska's a big state. Well, my gold doesn't grow on trees, and when there's a large deposit, it needs to be developed. It's an asset to the state. It's an asset to the communities in that area with jobs and education and uh, funds for Alaska. So we were talking because I don't think we even talked about Pebble Mine. You're talking about Pebble Mine. That's what he's discussing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we didn't talk about Pebble Mine on the program. I don't know if you heard him on some other show or whatever, but we really didn't discuss that. Uh, Pebble Mine has become such a hot button issue. I'm surprised any anybody would even talk about much of anything right now. He was definitely not talking about smaller miners in patented land. Um. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll bring him on the program and talk specifically about that race since it's something that's obviously near and dear to your heart. And to me, my grandparents were gold miners uh, uh, here in the state of Alaska, and I think that that's an important component of it, especially small miners. Uh, you know, they made up the backbone of what Alaska was. So I, I, I agree with that for sure. But we'll get Charlie back on to discuss it, okay? Yeah, well, you cut me off last week politely. And, I, uh, oh, did I? Uh, it'd be, it, it would be good to get him back on your, your program, but I'm going down to Kenai here next month, and I'm going to make every effort to see him face-to-face. You bet. Well, I'm sure he'll – I'm sure knowing Charlie that he would probably welcome that if he has time for sure. Uh, he's always been open with me, so – like I said, I was a little surprised to hear uh, all of that, but we'll get and, him on the program to ask about it. he said that he's gonna, not going to make the permanent fund a priority of his for the people of Alaska. What he said down on his list. So what he said was on one of your shows, right? Well, what he said was he said he's not going to promise a full PFD because again, that's the bane of every politician, especially when you're running for governor. You can't just mandate that a P- that's. I think that's been a mistake. At this point, for Mike Dunleavy to say, we're going to get you your full PFD in the back pay. He doesn't have the power to do that. No one governor, no one legislator. In fact, if any legislator walked up and said, we're going to get you the, the P, I would say, how? You're not going to be able to do it. Now, if they said, we're going to fight full of, for a full statutory PFD, and that's what the goal is, that's one thing. But when you promise we're going to get it back, I don't think any, that's right. I don't think any politician can say, that they're going to get it back. That's just, that's not... Uh, he didn't say he was going to fight for it. He said he it wasn't a pri- high priority of his. I don't think that's what he said, but we'll get him back on to clarify, that's right? That's exactly what he said. Okay. All right, well, we'll get him back on. We'll get him back on to clarify, okay? Um, thank you uh, for... Right. Uh, thanks for calling in, Ray. I appreciate it. Uh, 433... 
3150-433-3150 is the phone number. Um, if you want to uh, call in, now's the time to do it. Um, and you can uh, do this uh, here. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, we're, got, we're coming up on the break. That's why I was getting a little little confused there. Let's, uh, let's do that. Let's just go to the break. And then when we come back, we'll talk more about this. And the 50 candidates who are running for office. How about that? That's a hot mess. All right, the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour two is dead ahead. We'll see what more we have uh, to discuss in hour two. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. uh, On Facebook. Facebook. (laughs) Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. I can talk this morning. We'll see you. Hour two, dead ahead. Well, it's um, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting when people hear things that, I mean, I definitely didn't hear. When they hear things said that are definitely, um, again, not 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 ready for what's going on. I mean, I initially was in favor of Pebble Mine, but there's been so many questions raised at this point. I mean, just from the standpoint of the baggage that's involved with it, I definitely would like to get more information before I make a decision on it. I mean, not that I have any pull on any of that stuff, but at least I'd like to get more details on it. Uh, But I, for one, fully support all the small miners in the state of Alaska. Like I said, that's where my family legacy is from. I mean, that's that's where we came from. So, yeah, not a uh, I can't and I can't I just can't imagine Charlie Pierce um, uh, saying that uh, all the small miners need to skedaddle on patented land of any, uh, you know, uh, for anything else, for sure. Um, let's, uh, in fact, let's, I guess we could get it straight from the horse's mouth. Let's go over here. Good morning. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing this morning? Good morning. It's happy Monday morning to you. Yes, sir. Charlie Pierce uh, on the phone with us. Charlie, we're, uh, we're in the break right now. Um, I would love to, I'm assuming that you're calling to set the record straight. Um, and I'd be more than willing to uh, let you do that. If you want to hold on the line here, we'll do it right as we get back on the air. Sure, yeah, and then just repeat the question because I didn't get it all. But, okay. Uh, I understand there's some questions. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll put all that uh, I'll put all that together. We'll get uh, we'll get you squared away here in just a hot second, okay? Don't go anywhere. Charlie Pierce uh, calling in this morning. Um, now that's somebody who's responsive. I like that. I like it. Um, all right. Um, let's see. Got three things going on here. Uh, there we go, right here. Can I do that right there? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, you hate it when you got to do three things at once. Let me get back over to the, uh, let me get back over here to the chat room and see what you guys are talking about here this morning. Uh, ask Charlie his dance on the permanent his stance on the permanent funding. We're gonna we're gonna talk to Charlie about all that stuff real quick, and we'll uh, we'll get that uh, we'll get that squared away. Um, I just got to make sure that I got all my bells and whistles taken care of here. Oh, governor. Okay. Whew. All right. All right, my friends. Uh, let's do that. All squared. All squared away. 
Pebble has not killed a single salmon yet. Bycatch, which is trawler bycatch, otherwise, however, kills thousands of salmons a day and wastes them. No, I mean, like I said, I'm in favor of Pebble in principle, but I want to see. I mean, there's been so much fervor over it, so much fervor. It's just, it's crazy. Multitasking needs more coffee on Monday. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, no amount of gold will pay for the destruction from the mining process. Uh, have you had Nick Baggage on your show yet? No. Um, that's not what the governor said. It's all he said he would fight for, and I think he's been doing just that. He's just dealing with crooked legislature. Predictions on the final four. What do you think? <sighs> final four. Well, I think Baggage will be in there, and I think probably Palin will be in there. Al Gross for sure. Um, and maybe... Well, I don't know. Maybe Christopher Constant. I, I I don't know. I think Beggage and I think Beggage and Palin will be in there for sure. Uh, but there's a lot of unknowns going on. The Democrats are going to have to have somebody to glom on to, so they will probably <clears throat> vote for Al Gross or Christopher Constant, since Constant was already the candidate for the regular seat. I think uh, it's more than likely that uh, that he will probably be a lightning rod a bit if people are sick of you know, voting for gross. Especially since he's registered as a nonpartisan instead of as a Democrat. The other D's in the race that people, um, you know, you've got uh, Emily, you got Emil Nadi. He's a name that's known, not by everybody, but by a bunch of folks. Adam Wool is another one. So there'll be a certain amount of vote splitting on that as well. Will it be as much as on the Republican side? I don't know. But I think uh, at least you will have Baggage and Palin in there, probably Gross and Constance as well, uh, Constant as well. I think maybe that would be the, the top four that I would pick right now. Um, but who knows, with 50 people in the race, how many, how many rounds? Well, they say there's no rounds on this. This is the jungle primary, so it's just a raw number. Will John Coghill be able to split some of that off? I don't know. I mean, he's a no, he's a known name. Andrew Halcrow, maybe some, but uh, I mean, how many people won't vote for Sarah Palin because of you know some of their misgivings on Palin, whether she's a quitter or something else? How many will then vote for um, for baggage on top of that? I don't know. I just don't know. But we'll we'll see. We'll see what's uh, we'll see what's going on, and we'll uh, we'll take a we'll take a close look at it. Uh, but uh, you know, I, as far as guessing, I guess that would be my guess right now, Deshana. Um, educated. I mean, remember, I'm the guy that said last week that I didn't think Sarah Palin was going to get into the race. She, yeah, I thought this was more just about headlines and and getting her name back in the news. But maybe not. Maybe she's ready to get back down into the trenches and fight the fight. Um, Good for her, if that's the case. I hope so. But we'll see. Uh, we definitely, you know, some of these candidates we definitely don't want to see in there, including Santa Claus. If that gets me a lump of coal, then by God, I'm okay with that. But anybody who openly identifies as a democratic socialist, I, I've got, I got some issues there. Just, I'm just saying, we got some issues. All right, um, we're gonna jump back into it. You ready to go? Mayor Charlie Pierce is going to be our guest here on the other side. He's going to clear some stuff up. 
We're going to get back to it. The Michael Duke Show. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world uh, on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, hour two of the big radio show. And before we went to break, we had Ray call in from North Pole, uh, who was talking about uh, Sarah Palin being a quitter, and uh, we didn't need that. Uh, I tried to give my point of view on that as well. He also uh, took some issues with some of the things that Charlie Pierce has said, maybe not on this program, but maybe on some other programs. Uh, talking about mines and mining and how all those other miners could go find someplace else to mine, uh, which I guess he was talking about Pebble, although we did not broach that subject with Charlie when he was on the program. Um, but uh, I said that that didn't sound like Charlie Pierce's position that I was familiar with or not. Uh, Ray was pretty adamant, though. I said I would get Charlie back on the program, and lo and behold, he is the most responsive politician that I have ever heard of, Charlie Pierce. Joins us right now to uh, to discuss this real quick here this morning. Good morning, Mayor. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Hey, no, no problem. So I guess we should get a couple positions out in the clear. First and foremost, uh, your position on the PFD. Um, I mean, my understanding was that you would not promise a PFD, that you would pay a full PFD and support that for sure, but that it was not something that you were promising as many other politicians were. Can you clarify your position on the PFD for me? We need to protect the PFD. Uh, I've never said that uh, I did not support a full PFD. I do support a full PFD, the statutory PFD. Um, but that's the way the laws are written right now, and I think what we need to do is follow the laws. I'm a guy that's going to want to follow the laws. So if you don't like the law, change the law. I've always said that, and uh, I haven't been. Uh, I haven't waffled on that. And I won't waffle on that as governor. Uh, but I've also said, just like you have quoted me this morning or, or shared with uh, what you've heard me say, is, is that any governor that stands before you and promises you a full PFD is, uh, is not being honest with you. Because there's no governor, any of the governors that we elect, none of us will be able to go in and guarantee you a full PFD. There's 60 legislatures. And what is very imperative and very important is, is that your governor have a relationship, a good working relationship with those legislatures, because they are the elected body that gets to make the ultimate decision as to what happens with the PFD. 
So that's what I'm going to work on. That's what I'm going to spend my time on is making sure that I have good working relationships with those legislatures so that we can have a majority uh, vote that can once and for all get what the people have been saying for the last five years. Give me my full, full statutory PFD. We're going to strive for that. But I don't think any one of us can guarantee that. Right. But it is one of your priorities. I mean, getting a fully paying a full statutory PFD is one of your priorities. Um, but it's not something that, again, that you could promise. I mean, that's the, you know, pie cost promise, right? That's correct. That's right. absolutely correct. I've said I'm going to work night and day to try to get you what we deserve. And I think we deserve it, frankly. I think I'm a shareholder just like you are. We are all shareholders of that money. So it, your 60 legislators are shareholders, too, and they're making some ultimate decisions to stand by. There's some of them. There's a group of them that stand over in the corner and say, what's the problem, Alaska? Right. Now you got a billion-dollar deficit. You'd have a billion-dollar deficit if you didn't have oil at $100 a barrel, and you didn't have the infusion of federal funds coming into this state. And those are going to dry up. And you, we've had we've watched that feast and famine roller coaster for, for the last 50-plus years, and you know, it's it's uh, it's it's troubling. It's troubling what we do. Right. Absolutely. And how we make decisions. The second component of that question had to do with mines and mining. Uh, I don't know if it was specifically in South uh, South Central, Southeast, uh, but mining in general uh, in the state of Alaska. What's your position, especially since he brought it up on small miners, um, you know, small miners on patented land? His comment was that you would and I guess it was he was talking. I didn't. We didn't discuss it, but apparently he heard it. Right. You talking about something right. um, about pebble, yeah. about pebble, and then so so differentiate for me your positions if there is a difference between something like pebble mine and like the small patented land miners that are you know blossoming and 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 around the state. Well, let me say first and foremost, we are so rich as a as a state in the world. If you look at us on a world market in mining, we have. We have most of the precious metals right here in Alaska, and certainly Pebble is one of those locations, but there's others, I've said. There's other locations just as sweet, just as promising, and just as profitable as Pebble. I said, and I was using general terms, I was having a general conversation about it, and I said, I don't think anybody's ever thought of this or said this, but... Um, I've never asked the Pebble Group, the group that has spent uh, millions of dollars doing the research. And by the way, I have actually sat in the cab of a helicopter and took that roller coaster ride at Pebble. I've actually stood on the rim of that uh, that uh, that area and looked at Pebble, and it it looks like a big crater, and and. It's beautiful. Yes, it's pristine and it's beautiful. And I also believe in and the permitting process. And there was a permit that was filed by that company, and they filed that permit in an honorable way, and then they went through the science, and they they have worked very, very hard to prove that they are a, uh, there is a legitimate plan that could be used to develop the resources out of Pebble. However, there has also been a strong campaign in Alaska to tell folks that that the mining industry is is not responsible and that everywhere they go, everywhere they go, they leave a mess. And I don't agree with that. I've worked right. in industry. I've worked in industry and I've worked alongside the environmental group 
And I have no problem working with environmentalists and sitting down and drafting a plan, orchestrating a plan so that we can do things responsibly. We always need to make sure that we protect and do the, the, the most to protect the environment. Right. Look, Bristol Bay is a beautiful, beautiful fishery. There's, no, never, there's not another one in the world like it, and we have to protect it. Right. We have to know that it is, it, it's going to always remain pristine. It's important to me, too. As your governor, I'm going to listen to the voice of the people, and I think if you listen to the voice of the people in Alaska, if you took a poll or if you took a, a vote on that issue over there, I think that most Alaskans would say, go somewhere else and do the same thing. Right. No, and that's all I'm saying. And should we have to do that? Maybe not. Maybe Pebble, if you get, if you actually, if, you know, listen, look what they did. They, they, the federal government intervened on the permit process. What other projects do you see the federal government running and jumping in front of? There's a process. Right. There. And they well, jump in front of it and they manipulate it and they get involved and they should have just stayed out of it. And well, let the process take it take place. I got to say that the one thing that stuck out to me on the whole Pebble Mine situation from the very beginning was before the first plan was even submitted, there was an anti-Pebble campaign going full full speed ahead with hundreds of thousands of dollars backed by many people who were in that area, some of the more elite people who didn't want, you know, not in my backyard kind of thing. And before the first plan was even drafted or submitted to the government for permitting or anything else, there was already a full steam ahead uh, this will kill us all kind of uh, protest going on. And uh, and I was like, hey, look, can't we just at least see the plan before we start to shoot holes in it? Um, I always found that to be very troubling. But let's move on from the larger issue of Pebble uh, to, again, what uh, Ray from North Pole was talking about, which is the smaller patented miners. Uh, I don't think that you were saying, and of course I, don't, I didn't hear the conversation, but I can't imagine you saying that all these patented miners, which are on patented land, uh, should just go somewhere else to do it. Was that your intention, or no? Yeah. No, I never said no. That was not my intent. You know, sometimes people hear what hasn't been said. Listen, I'm going to defend your patent. I'm going to I'm going to be very bullish about mining, and I think that we need to be able to extract our natural resources in this state more than not. And the problem I see is every time we come up with a viable project, you get these environmental groups that run and jump and jump in front of it and create lawsuits after lawsuits and to prevent us from actually thriving. As a state, right. we need to mine, and you need to be able to use your patent. And I dealt with a little bit of that on the peninsula where we had a utility that had built some bollards in front of the roads that were used to access some of their historical uh, sites and you know I, I made some phone calls i did some phone calls and i got in i looked into it and i think i helped them get access to their claims but, you know i'm not opposed to mining i i frankly uh, you know i i, I don't want to be um you know we need it we need mining and we need to do it more 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 than not we need more of it and we need to do it responsibly, and I think we can. I think we've learned so much uh, about technologies. There's so many tech, new technologies that are out there. There's there's uh, trenchless ways to where we can go in and actually drill and extract. And there's lots of new technology that's out there that needs to be, you know, folks don't even realize what we've been doing and what right. the industry have been doing. And and uh, you know, have you ever been to the North Slope? If you haven't, and a lot of folks haven't, you know, they got this 
mind, they got this vision that, you know, everything's dirty. I, I will tell you that you have never, ever, ever seen a more, a cleaner. I mean, the North Slope, the facilities up there are, are the cleanest and the well, the well, the very well maintained and, and they go above and beyond to work safely and work responsibly. And yes, occasionally you have a mishap, but they're quick to correct it. And again, that's the world we live in, right? Right, right. Well, we do develop resources more sustainably and more um, uh, protectively than almost any place else in the uh, um, in in the world. So that's right. I think we're, that, we're, we are responsible. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very responsible. There's no reason to be concerned. Now, certainly, you want to make sure the permits are in place and that you follow the guidelines of your permits. And I think they do. And if you don't, if they don't, it's very expensive when they don't do that. Well, so. I, uh, I I appreciate it. Uh, Charlie, I'll give you the last word here on anything else you want to cover. Uh, I don't know if you want to touch on the, the, the big special election race or on anything else, but uh, since you're on the phone and you've uh, corrected those two uh, misstatements, uh, anything else you might want to uh, touch base on? Wow. You know, it's interesting. You know, you uh, look at look. Everybody wants to be the congressman, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, um, wow. Uh, it's all I'll say. I, 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 good luck to uh, the folks that are running and that that are stepping up and that want to uh, serve. Uh, it's a, it's an honor to serve, and I think the folks that are out there, when you're elected, I want to remind elected officials, you're elected by the people and you work for the people, and you need to listen to the people. And so when you're in these hearings and you're having these hearings, hopefully you're taking good notes and you're listening and that you're following some of those leads because that's what the people expect you to do. Right. And that's what I'll do as governor. I'll be for the people. Uh, You're going to have a people governor, and I'm going to work real hard for you. And I'll get up early and I'll work real hard for the people of Alaska. What I want, what I want, I live here too, and I love Alaska, and I I have invested in Alaska. And what I want for Alaska is I truly want us, to be able to see the best days of Alaska and just not say it. I want to actually get out and do it. I want to make sure it happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we uh, can do that. And we can do that. Alaskans are are strong people. We're smart. We have a, we live in a place with, with all of the resources and the beauty and the, and uh, we could be, we could take care of our own here. We don't need the federal government taking care of us. Well, and obviously you are the most responsive politician I've ever worked with at this point as well, having called in when you heard that misinformation. And it's good to get it straight from the, because I just couldn't picture you saying those things based on our previous conversations. Um, so it's good to know that uh, that you've got a position on these things and you're passionate about it. Um, I did get one question, which I will, uh, uh, I did have one question, which I will ask you here on the way out since it's about um, since it's about the PFD and the obstruction of, uh, obstructionism we're seeing in paying the full statutory PFD, um, somebody asked, as governor, would you introduce a bill to repeal SB 26, which has been used as obviously the rationale behind not paying the full, the full PFD? Would that be something that you would uh, you would endorse? I would consider that. Yes, absolutely. All right. Yes, that's, uh, that's certainly an option for the governor, right? That's that's where the governor gets to play too, and and at this point, our governor hasn't chosen to play and and to participate at that level. But let let me tell you that I think that in the government process, there was a a, a procedure that was created 
uh, by the makers. And what they did was just they said to make it fair and to level the playing field and to make when we're in gridlock, they gave the governor a red pen and said, you can veto. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't a person. It wasn't. Be, well, we're going to do this so that you can have a personal attack against anyone. And we always tend to say uh, it, it's a terrible thing when the governor vetoes something. The governor needs to be able to veto things, and I'm certainly going to be one that evaluates with my team when we should and when we shouldn't. Well, as you said, I know you sent a big bag of red pens to the governor, and maybe he'll leave them there in the uh, in the governor's mansion uh, when you take over. And uh, maybe I certainly hope so. We could use those. So, uh, Mayor Charlie Pierce, thank you so much for calling thank in and, and being part of it this morning. Hold the line for just a second, if you would, folks. We're up against the break. We're about to uh, go to commercial. And we'll be back with more. I got those 50 names for you. We're going to get into it for real this time. I promise. Phone lines are also going to be open on the other side. The Pivotel call-in line. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break. I wanted to give Charlie Pierce just one final bite at the apple there since uh, we were running up on the break uh, and just get his final take before we let him go. Mayor, I give you the floor. Well, happy Monday to folks. And again, I got a phone call this morning that I wasn't listening. I was doing some other things, doing some reading on something that I need to deal with this morning. And, and I, I, I would just say that, you know, I think in, in all of this, I appreciate those that will reach out and say, hey, you know, you need to answer some questions. And, and again, I'm always willing to answer the questions and clear up the, clear up the note. I did have a conversation about Pebble, and it was, a, it was in just, and we were talking about, well, what if, the what ifs of the world, and, you know, have we thought about, has anybody ever pondered, well, why not talk to the people of Pebble and say there's, resources all over the state could we find another location that's just as profitable and just as uh, um, doable without uh, all the without all the political baggage that's right that's right so that you know listen i'm thinking about all alaskans what's in the best interest of all alaskans it's for us and while i certainly am not interested in a in and being behind any project that could risk well, yeah, we're going to have to manage risk. Every project has risk. So let me change that. Let me say that, you know, risk is there, and we're going to manage that risk. But I think that we have to look at the level of risk in all of these projects and pick the best one. There, you know, it's a rich state, and we have many, many other locations that could be just as profitable. And and I don't know, oh, maybe they've looked. Man, I was just talking in jest about it with some folks, and and I threw that idea. It was an idea. It's not that I am anti-Pebble. I think that, again, I've been to Pebble, and I think they've done a responsible job over there in researching it. And, um. All right. Well, Mayor, thank you so much for coming on board. We appreciate you uh, calling in on short notice and uh, talking with us on that. Uh, thank you for thank calling you. in, and uh, have, a great, uh, have a great Monday. Thank you. You too. All Bye. right. Thanks so much. Um, <clears throat> Mayor Charlie Pierce, uh, our guest here this morning on the Michael Duke show. All right. Let me go back through some of the comments. Bob Gillum, McKinley Capital. Yeah. His name was thrown around with Pebble Mine to begin with. Uh, he and some other lodge owners, uh, were the ones that were 
adamantly opposed to Pebble from the very beginning. Again, uh, even before the first the first hint of a plan was ever put forward, it always uh, it just it always shocked me that that was kind of the reaction. Uh, for sure. Edie Grunewald's going to be at the outdoor show this weekend at the Carlson Center in Fairbanks. Good chance to come see her. Oh, and the Interior Alaska Gun Show is going to be there. I'm going to be there this weekend as well, so you want to come out and say hi. Uh, only in Alaska does Bear Doctor take on Mama Bear, a.k.a. Pitbull in lipstick. <laughs> the marketing is about to be epic. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's see. Nick has more business sense than Sarah. Nick, oop, let me see the whole thread here so that I quote it properly. Um, <clears throat> come on, Facebook. Get with the program. Slow as hell this morning. Slow as hell. Here we go. Um, ooh, there's a big one. Nick worked in Don Young's office during Don's last election. Nick has more business sense than Sarah. He doesn't have the experience at the national level that Sarah does, says, uh, says uh, Sandy. Nick has built international business, knows what it takes, says uh, Christine. Duh. Wow, Nick was part of the horrible votes Don Young did. Run, Sarah, run. Um, everybody's, I've talked to Sarah. She is great. Never even seen baggage, but dislike his relatives. Baggage is bad news for Americans. Jerry, I got to be honest with you. I don't, uh, you know, Nick baggage is the nephew of the other baggage. His parents were Republican and libertarian respectively. Um, he happens to be the black sheep of the baggage family. Um, and, uh, he is, uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, a conservative Republican. So the question is, you know, who, who do you vote for in that mess? I don't know. I mean, you got a lot. You got the Sarah Palin. You got the Nick Baggage. Uh, does Josh Revac figure in there? Does John Coghill figure in there? I, I, oh, so many names. So many names. Um, all right. Uh, we're coming out of the break, getting ready to jump back into it. Uh, all the lines are clear, so that's good. I'm going to get to this story on all the people who are ready to jump into this race. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Subscribe and ring the bell if you're on YouTube. Hit follow if you're on Twitch. And um, like and follow the show page on Facebook. There you go. That's the whole deal. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Just when you think the show's going to go one way, it goes completely in a different direction. But that's okay. That's okay. Let's get back to this discussion on the wild, wild west. I mean, talk. this is going to be a year full of firsts, right? I mean, it's the first year that we're going to be using jungle primaries. It's the first year we're going to be using ranked choice voting. Uh, it's the first year since 1973 that we've had a special election for a national congressional seat. Um, it's the first, I mean, 50 candidates filing for this seat. I mean, the political talking heads have all got to be just, you know, I mean, I swear. I know I'm looking at this going, I have no idea. Somebody in the chat room asked me earlier if I wanted to take a guess at the top four. And I'm like, I, I don't even know. I mean, again, we went to the uh, uh, the predict it, which is a betting market thing, has got the governor's race up there. 
And uh, they predict that uh, Sarah Palin, Nick Begich, Al Gross, and Tara Sweeney will be the top four. I don't even know at this point. Um, I I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Nikki Haley has endorsed Sarah Palin. Donald Trump has endorsed Sarah Palin. Um, uh, but Alaskan of the Year Perry Green is all in on Nick Begich. And Nick Begich is definitely con- – people don't get confused with the name. Nick Begich is the nephew of Mark Begich, and his parents uh, – Nick's parents were Republican and Libertarian, respectively. He is a very conservative guy, which has got to be weird when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but there are so many names in this race. Now, uh, somebody in the chat room just asked, who is Tara Sweeney? Tara Sweeney worked for the Trump administration – she was a uh, Department of the Interior, if I'm not mistaken, Department of the Interior, um, uh, Re- Interior, yeah, Department of the Interior. She was an official under the uh, uh, under the uh, Trump administration. She's a Republican, running as a Republican. Uh, there, uh, but there are just so many names in here. Uh, again, not to mention even you know some names you know that are in the legislature, Revac and Wool. Uh, Chris Tuck apparently decided not to run uh, in his thing. Email Naughty, which is a name that you probably know if you're an older Alaskan from previously in the 1973 race. He's the one that lost to Don Young in that special election back in 1973 uh, by just uh, just uh, just about 2,000 votes. Uh, but there, I mean, there's a there's a slew um, and Santa Claus. Yes, that's his real name. He had it changed. He was. His real is well. It's not his real name, but his previous name, I guess, was Thomas O'Connor. But he had it legally changed in 2005, and lives in North Pole. So there you go. Um, but again, so many names. I'm going to run. Uh, here's the list, and and you could tell me if you recognize any of these names because there's a few that I recognize, but most of these completely unknown to me. Denny Aguayo, nonpartisan. Jay Armstrong, Republican, Brian Beal, undeclared, Tim Beck. Okay, I recognize that name. He says it's undeclared. He's definitely a Democrat. Nick Begich, Greg Brelsford, undeclared, Robert Brown, nonpartisan, Chris By, the Libertarian, John Callahan, the Republican, Arlene Carl, nonpartisan, Santa Claus, undeclared but confessedly a Democratic Socialist, John Coghill, Jr., Republican, Chris Constant, the Democrat, Breck Craig, nonpartisan, Lady Donna Duchess, nonpartisan. Wow. Otto uh, H. Florschultz, the third, Republican, Laurel Foster, nonpartisan, Tom Gibbons, Republican, Karen Griffin, undeclared, Al Gross, nonpartisan, but promises to caucus with the Democrats, Andrew J. Howcrow, nonpartisan, although very much anti, well, conservative. Ted Hines, libertarian. Bill Hibbler III, nonpartisan. John Wayne Howe of the Alaska Independence Party. David Hughes, undeclared. Don Knight, nonpartisan. Jeff B. Lowenfels, nonpartisan. Bob Lyons, Republican. Anne McCabe, nonpartisan. Michael R. Melander, Republican. Sherry Mettler, Undeclared. Mike Milligan, Democrat. Richard Morris, nonpartisan. J.R. Myers, Libertarian. Emil Naughty, Democrat. Robert Ornelius, American Independent Party. Sarah Palin, Republican. 
Silvio Pellegrini, undeclared. Mary S. Peltola, Democrat. Josh Rivak, Republican. Tara Sweeney, Republican. Maxwell Sumner, Republican. David Thistle, undeclared. Ernest F. Thompson, Democrat. Clayton Trotter, Republican. Bradley Welter, Republican. Jason William, undeclared. Adam Wool, Democrat. Joe Woodward, Republican. And Stephen Wright, Republican. That's it. I mean, the list just, I mean, doesn't it feel like, (laughs) and here for your nightly reading is the names. I mean, that's what you feel. Oh, yes. Denny Agayo. Nonpartisan. I mean, it just wants to put you to sleep, right? I mean, just put you to sleep. 50 candidates. And there are a few that I, I I recognize in here. Tim Beck, that, that, I served with Tim Beck on the Fairbanks North Star Borough. He's not a nice man. I'll just, I'm just, I'll just put that, I'm just going to throw that out there. No, he's not a nice man. Um, who else here? Chris By. Obviously, we've had conversations with Chris By. I think he's a good cat, and uh, uh, he's definitely at, as one of my top contenders for the vote. Um, John Coghill, know the name, definitely not a go-to in my book. Uh, Al Gross, obviously. Andrew Halcrow, um, ran as a Republican in 2006 against Sarah Palin, but um, has since then shown a real disdain for conservative politics. In fact, he runs the blog for the Anchorage Daily News. And he really likes to take the knives to anybody who is really a strong conservative viewpoint. So Andrew Halcrow, a nonpartisan, but I think we could read that as Democrat light. Um, see, John Wayne Howe, I've heard the name, but I've never spoken to him or I don't know. He's with the AIP, the Alaska Independence Party. Uh, Mike Milligan, there's a J.R. Myers. Again, I've heard the name as a libertarian, but I don't know as I have ever met the man uh, or know who he is. Uh, Sarah Palin, again, have have had talks with her, talked, had her on the program once she worked with governor and everything else. But I have not spoken to her since she uh, went all national and stuff. Uh, In fact, she she lost our numbers, so to speak, even after she uh, lost the race and became governor. Uh, we kind of didn't see her anymore on the old program. Uh, Josh Revac, of course, the guy who said, could you imagine Alaskans having a $10,000 dividend? Shudder. Why? I mean, how, why would we do that? Um, uh, yeah, that guy, uh, Sweeney, a Republican, uh, Sumner, a Republican, uh, Adam Wool, uh, Adam and I are acquaintances. Uh, I like him as a person. I dislike with a vengeance, his politics. Um, and uh, that's just kind of how it is. Uh, and then Stephen Wright, we have interviewed Stephen Wright before. He's kind of a perennial candidate for several offices, but he runs as a Republican. So that's, but and all the other names, I have no idea who any of these people are. No idea whatsoever. Maybe that's good. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing uh, when it's all when it's all said and done. I can't imagine. Um, and like I said, John Callahan really sticks out to me. John Callahan, again, an unknown, but his comment on this is the just, I mean, crazy. He said, my greatest qualification is that I'm a fully functional adult 
We've been sending weirdos to D.C. for 50 years. I feel like it's just a time we sent a normal person. <laughs> he might he might get my vote just for that comment alone. So today is the day. If you see any of these people pull out, it's going to be today. Uh, they have till 5 p.m. to withdraw their names. As I said earlier, Jesse Sumner had already withdrawn his name um, after apparently telling the ADN it was an April Fool's joke. I, I mean, that was... I, you can't you can't make that stuff up um that uh, apparently that was uh that was uh, the direction that he was going he said uh Palin and Sumner his brother Max roughly filed an hour with an hour left before the 5 p.m. deadline the race reached the point Friday where everyone and their brother had entered Sumner's brother brother Jesse a member of the Matanuska Borough Assembly also filed to run before the deadline though he subsequently submitted a letter letter of withdrawal by email and said his candidacy was an April Fool's joke. I mean, everybody and their brother literally had filed for this seat. So I don't know. Um, it it is, it is what it is, but uh, we'll see if the herd thins at all today. But you can guarantee that this is going to be a madcap scramble to the July, excuse me, to the June 11th, uh, date, uh, I imagine that the ballots will have to go out, I guess, next month, middle of next month, maybe. Do they have to go out 30 days ahead of time? The ballots will have to go out. So we'll start seeing ballots in the mail here in just over a month or so. And uh, then we'll have to make a decision with 50 names on the list. It is, uh, it's crazy, crazy. Uh, did I see the article in the ADN where Lowenfell said he was responsible for starting the pizza by the slice movement in Anchorage? I didn't, but you know what? I've read some of his articles on gardening and stuff. He's a very funny guy. I really, I really like him. Um, the, you know, he's a, I get the feeling that when he says undeclared that that really is code for I'm a moderate Democrat, but you know, that's okay. That's again, that's okay. It gives everybody's got a choice now. You can't go there and say, I mean, you want to talk about 31 flavors. How about 51 flavors or 50 flavors? I mean, you, you've got your choice right now. Remember, you only get to vote for one, though. And then the top four vote getters move on to the primary or move on to the special general election. 51 flavors right there. Um, all right, let's uh, actually, I'm, I'm so close to the break here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Okay, morning, uh, Fairbanks, uh, Bob. Hey, uh, boy, that's the list right there. Adam Will reminds me of those uh, apple-throwing trees back in the Wizard of Oz. Anybody that's undeclared is a hidden Democrat like Willie E. Coyote putting on a sheep suit. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, that's just my opinion on the thing. And little Democrats in the state want to grow up and do what they're doing to us nationally with their uh, bare-shelf Biden voters. I'm tired of these people. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate you calling in uh, this morning. All right. That takes us to the final segment of the show, which is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Phone lines are open, 907-433-3150. We're going to talk about that that uh, mail-in primary, mail-in ballot, some, some firsthand information here that I just got earlier this week, which or late last week, which just kind of made my eyeballs go wide. We'll talk about that. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We continue with more right after this.
our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, uh, in the break. You'll be able to vote in person for two weeks at the regional election offices, says Rob Myers. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'll be collecting all the mail-in ballots in my household after everybody's voted, and I will be hand-delivering them to one of the regional offices just because I don't feel like dropping those things in the mail. I just don't think that that makes – I'm just not – I'm not hip to that. Have I voted absentee? Yes, I have. But uh, with the full number and everything else, and especially with what I'm about to tell you here in the next segment, um, I'm not nearly as confident on uh, mail-in ballots as I used to be. Let me just put it that way. Uh, Edie says write-ins have to register a week uh, before a week before the general election. If you're going to write in a candidate, you just can't write in somebody's name. You know, you just can't write Michael Dukes in that slot. And don't you dare write my name in that slot. My God. What a hot mess that would be. No. No, no, and no. Um, <clears throat> how many comments this morning? Wow, on fire. Calf, scramble, goat, rope, cluster. <laughs> it will be an interesting mess. <laughs> That's what we used to call a Mongolian cluster. Fraggle. Um, all right. Let me see. I'm going back through here. Um, love you reading this list. No end to the list. Ha ah, love the choke on Revax name. Well, I mean, the guy, Repub, Repub, <sighs> never mind. Um, who is Sweeney? We answered that question. Um, we talked about, oh, now I'm back into the Charlie Pierce comments. Uh, seemed like everybody liked Charlie's conversation. Um, and uh, hopefully that put some of, uh, hopefully that put some of Ray's fears to rest. I don't know. Um, again, as I look at this full, uh, as I look at this full dance card here for the U.S. House race, I'm also reminded, of course, that we've got that big jungle primary coming up on August 16th, my birthday, the same day as the special general election. That's what's really going to be messy. You know, you're going to have two ballots for the same for the same seat, right? Because it'll be the special general election. The four top vote getters from the special primary will be on the ballot to fill out Don Young's seat. But you'll also have a jungle primary portion of the ballot for that same seat. I mean, it's, I just can't imagine the confusion. I mean, I understand it. And and I think anybody who takes a moment can understand it. It's not like it's rocket surgery, but at the same time, the average person is just going to be like, what? Wah, bah, bah, wah, bah. Rank the red, says Terry. That's the that's the uh, that's the mantra right now. Is rank the red, one through four, all red seats, all Republicans, and maybe that'll fix it. That'll fix it. Um, Gabby Ledoux is the official counter. <laughs> oh man. Wool is the most arrogant rep in the Alaska legislature. We do not need that in the U.S. House. Um, I think Adam's got a healthy ego. I would, I would, uh, I would say that uh, I think he does have a healthy ego. That's for sure. I believe a past California governor race had a ton of candidates, including a porn star. So we're not alone. Yeah, no, there's some definitely. Uh, there's definitely, you know, this race is, doesn't have 
some of the more colorful characters. I mean, at least Vermin Supreme is not in there. I mean, we got Santa Claus. I mean, who said he might actually go to the to the U.S. House wearing his Santa Claus suit? But at least he's not wearing a boot on his head like Vermin Supreme, right? Um, rocket surgery. Yeah, it's not brain science or rocket surgery, right? Come on, you you've heard that before, right, Matt? Right, right. Um. Who is this Tom Givens? Sounds like a distant relative, says Timothy. I thought it was your brother, probably. Um, I thought it was Eat the Rich. Okay. Randy says, I agree with Michael. I went to hand I want to hand in my mail-in ballot directly to the election office. No slam to the U.S. Post Office, but I don't like the whole concept of mail-in voting, especially unsolicited ballots that are sent out in floods. Um, we've had Santa Claus for the last 49 years. Well, that's that's true. <laughs> and then Jim just had to go ahead and quote Vermin Supreme. The damn rent is too high. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, new contest idea. Win a D&D game night with the Dukes. Oh, well, that would be fun. I mean, I mean, I don't think most of you would care about that. But, boy, I could really run. I mean, we could have a five- or six-hour game, and I could really run you ragged. That would be a fun, that would be fun. That would be fun. Okay. We're 40 seconds out. I suppose I need to talk about our sponsors, don't I? That's like a contractual obligation where I have to talk about the sponsors. But I like to talk about them, so it really doesn't matter. Um, Did Dunleavy announce his running mate yet? Not that I've heard. Not that I have heard as of yet. We'll see what's going on. Jonathan's family wants to win the night of D&D. Well, you know what? That would be fun. All right, let's do this thing. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking, yada, yada, yada. Okay, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, Monday edition. I hope you are having a great Monday already. I visualize that you're going to have a fantastic Monday. I'm putting that out in the world. I did that last week, and it worked out pretty good for me. I think we're all going to have fantastic Mondays. And uh, just, just look yourself in the eye and say, today is the day that's going to be fantastic. Uh, Let me tell you what will give you that peace of mind to be able to say that. Well, it really doesn't have anything to do with it, but I was looking for a segue. Uh, One of the most unique devices out there in the world right now is the Bivy Stick. B-I-V-Y, Bivy, like bivouac, Bivy Stick. Uh, It's a short burst data device, which is a fancy way of saying it turns your phone into a satellite communicator. It's about half the size of your cell phone. You pair it with Bluetooth, and then you download the app. Get yourself an account with no activation fees, and you can get a plan starting at only $14 a month. And then you can start sending texts and emails anywhere in the world, from anywhere in the world to anywhere in the world. That's what it's all about. The Bivy Stick, only $199.99. That's right, under $200 is uh, the one thing that will give you peace of mind. I mean, remember, you know, the, the the earthquake back in 2018, 
man, I was having a hard time making a phone call because I don't have a house line, didn't have a didn't have a landline, was trying to make calls on the cell. Man, with some of the towers down and offline, everybody and their mother trying to call each other, it was tough to make phone calls where I was at anyway. Uh, if I had been stuck in town and my wife was trying to reach me, it would have been really problematic. That's why I got her a bivy stick as well. If something like that happens again and we have cellular congestion or the cell towers go down or something else, we can always send each other love notes or positions like, I'm okay and here's where I'm at. Um, and uh, that's the beauty of it. It also has weather forecasts inside of it. Uh, well, I mean, it, you know what I mean. It can provide you with weather forecasts, regular aviation forecasts for you pilots. You mariners get the marine forecasts as well. It's got all the mapping features. You can drop a pin, and you can set it to automatically drop a pin. Uh, Ten minutes, eight minutes, five minutes, two minutes apart, whatever it is, so that people can track you, those that love you, can track you and know exactly where you are. They're also rolling out some new features, including thing something called Group Track, which we're going to talk about here a little bit later. And you can get all of this with five days of continuous usage on a single charge. It's a pretty sweet little deal. $199, bucks, no, no activation fees, low cost of entry, low monthly fees, more expanding features. It is the best thing that you can have for your peace of mind. So if you're a hunter, a fisher, snow machiner, doctor, fisherman, tow truck driver, Avon lady, soccer mom, or just a politician, you might want to have one of these in your little go bag or in the glove box of your car or wherever you're at. It is the bivy stick. Available from our friends at SatelliteWest.com. You can go to SatelliteWest.com for more details on it or to find an authorized dealer in your local community, including Arctic Fire and Safety in Fairbanks, South Central Radar on the Spit in Homer, Radar Alaska in Kodiak, Communications North in Seward, Lundy Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor, and in Wasilla, Anchorage, or Soldatna, you can go to your local Safe and Sound. And uh, there you go. You can you can get it done. Oh, okay. Never got, not everybody's in there's like, I never got rid of our landline. I was like, why? Why would I need a landline? Because I've got six cell phones. And now I've got the bivy stick, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, plus, you know what they were charging me for that landline? It was like 45 bucks a month, and I never – we had that landline there. We had not made a single call on it in something like six or seven months, and that's when I was like, nope, not even going to do it. Just kicked it away. Just, just, just kicked it away. All right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, one final segment here of the show uh, as we continue to uh, run the clock down here. Phone lines are open if you would like to sound off and talk about any of these things, whether you are, um, you know, whether you're you're for a certain candidate or against a certain candidate. I've seen a lot of support in the chat room this morning for Sarah Palin. I've also seen a few people say like, mm, I don't know. Mm, mm. um, she carries a lot of baggage, um, which is not untrue. I mean, it's not untrue that Sarah definitely – has some baggage, um, and she definitely is going for the more flamboyant vote on this thing. But I just, like I said, 51 candidates, or 50 at this point, I guess, with uh, Jesse Sumner bowing out. I mean, you've got you've got your choice of 50 flavors. You probably can find somebody who conforms to your belief system in one way or another. Um, I do find it ironic and I'm going to have to, I'll run a spreadsheet tomorrow and give you the full details of who is undeclared and who is, uh, who's, who's undeclared and who is, uh, 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 independent, uh, 
and everything else. But I got to say, there's a lot of stealthy stuff going. I mean, I, I think I wouldn't disagree with the previous caller who basically said, uh, you know, if they're undeclared, they're really stealth Democrats. Because that's been, we've seen that, right? We've seen that in the legislature lately. We've seen those kind of comments come out where, well, you know, we're really, I'm an independent. It was like Al Gross. I'm an independent like you, but I will caucus with the Democrats, he tells a group of supporters. So is it real? Are you really an independent or is it just, hmm, is it just, uh, you know, convenience that's getting you going? That's my question. Um, all right. Uh, let's, um, I guess we got time here for a couple calls. Let's take some calls here and see what you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is uh, Tim. Good morning from Homer. Good morning, Tim. Hey, good morning. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, just call in and say, yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you on the uh, Sarah Palin deal. I don't think um, there was a lot of uh, media and stuff against her, and uh, um, I think that uh, I know before she was she was for Alaskans, and uh, um, I, I like Sarah Palin. And, um, I know there's probably a lot of people that don't. But, uh, yeah, she was for Alaskans and. I, I'm sure she probably still is, you know, compared to these other people from other states and probably just <laughs> trying to get elected just for, uh, you know, political reasons. And, you know, they might they'll probably make decisions just to uh, get kickbacks or whatever. Right, right. But, uh, well, I just want, wanted to call in and say that. And, yeah, I have a, uh, I got a movie, a Sarah Palin movie. It's called, uh, I think, Undefeated. And it talks about, you know, talks about her when she, uh, you know, when she got to be governor and everything like that and all the things that, you know, the people that were against her and how the media, all these celebrities were going after her just pretty much like like uh, people do with Trump. You know? Right, right. No, as I said before, Tim, thank you, Tim, for your call. I appreciate it. Um, as I said before, you know, I'd be happy if Sarah Palin won. I don't know if I'm going to vote for her. But I would not be dissatisfied if she won that position. Now, the question is, here's one of the bigger questions. The people who are running for this special election to fill out Don Young's seat, are they going to take the next step and stretch their legs into the regular election as well? That's that's the question. That's going to be an interesting situation. And does the power of the incumbency mean anything at that point? I mean, since, and I don't think it really will matter much because, again, remember, you're going to be voting for who's going to fill out the seat and voting for the primary happening two, two and a half, three months later in on the same ballot. So I don't know if that has any power. But I would be happy if Sarah Palin was in the seat. I would be happy if um, Nick Begwich is in the seat or Chris By. I would be happy with any of those those contenders right now. Um, I think that that will be a... Uh, I think that that will be an, definitely be an interesting race. Somebody asked, what was I going to say about the mail-in ballots? Let me just say that I'm not a huge fan of mail-in ballots uh, because I think the potential for fraud is huge. And let me just make a point on this. Anchorage is currently holding a mail-in ballot uh, for their primary or for their general election, which is for tomorrow. Tomorrow's the, the deadline for the general election. Um, I have a friend who lives in Anchorage, and he said uh, he was talking with his neighbor, and she was coming from the mailbox, and she was commenting on how she had seven ballots from people who had lived at that location. She lives alone. She had seven ballots in her hand for people who had lived there previously. Now, remember, 
There is a signature verification line for witnesses, but there is no way of checking the witness signatures right now. There's no provision in state law for that. So if that happens in Anchorage, where one person at one location gets seven ballots and they decided that they want to get hanky with it, oof, oof. And I've walked into these, I mean, I, I was surprised the first time I walked into uh, one of the local post offices here during an election season. And you know the mail tables where you're supposed to sort your mail and throw stuff away? I mean, there were four or five ballots just sitting on the table there. People had got them in their box and they threw them on the table. I mean, yeah, not a lot of security going on with that. It really, really makes me nervous. Bad actors can do bad things, and if you give them the opportunity, they'll do so. This just seems like a bad idea. Let me just put it that way. Like I said, I'm going to walk my ballots down to the regional office and hand them over instead of putting them back in the mail. All right, my friends, we're out of time for today. Thanks for coming in and joining us tomorrow. Brad Keithley, Chris Story. The deep dive, be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, my friends. Well, that's it for today. We're going to pull the plug, head on off, get the rest of our stuff done, and we will see you back here bright and early tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 